Welcome to Witch Yes, the only nude podcast. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm nude Tara. Oh, I'm nude Alicia. And I am now even more nude Tara. Damn it. (laughs) She takes her hair out of the ponytail holders. (laughs) Just take my hair off. (laughs) Your glasses come down. (laughs) I was naked like three clothes ago. (laughs) You're just like... On today's episode, witchcraft and music, witches in the news, and a spell to get through your goddamn work week. Just trying to get through. Just want my money. Just want to get my money and go home. Tara. Yes. What Apple Podcast review are you going to tell us today? I've been practicing it. Let me lift out my phone from underneath my nude boob. <laughs> Slurp. Okay. How does it just fit like that? I had a um Is there it's a like a little pocket put in. in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. removed a rib. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I that's where I put it. I mean, we phone. already came with one less rib, right? Yes. We're like ribless Barbie. <laughs> Sonar Bear 87. I love it. Sonar or Sonar? S-O-N-E-R. Okay, Sonar. I just thought like a Sonar Bear sounded really cool, so I was in it. I'm really sorry. So your new name is Sonar Bear, (laughs) and you're in the deep, (laughs) and you're fucking up the whales with your Sonar abilities. And And the bats. And the bats, and dolphins, and... Submarines, and... uh... Certain eighth graders, probably. It's too high pitch. (laughs) Oh! It's like because I have that that special hearing. But anyway, the newly named Sonar Bear said eclectic soup. Okay. Went on to say, they elaborated, brand new to everything. (laughs) Even writing podcast reviews. They didn't say that, but I I can read between the lines. Oh, okay, okay, good. They said, listening from the beginning, so rad, love the mix of humor and information. Which is, I was like, what information? I make all of this up. (laughs) (laughs) We have no sources. We have never. Have you looked at any of these show notes? <laughs> you click on them and it just goes to the Space Jam website over and over again. $10 per month on Patreon. You could find out. The dark secrets. The dark secrets of the show notes. <laughs> oh, how are you? I am doing well. But I have questions for the listeners. Okay. I'm sorry, listeners. This is for the American listeners. Have y'all filled out your census? Why do you care? Because I'm an enumerator for the U.S. Census Bureau, an unofficial <gasps> spokeswoman. Oh, wow. They literally said I could not be a spokesperson for them. Oh, so on you're their an, behalf. An unofficial. <laughs> unofficial. Dark web. Amateur <laughs> spokesperson for the U.S. Census Bureau. Nice. And why you should fill out your census if you're like, no, I don't want the government to have all my information. 100% confidential. It's not going to sell your information to any branch of the government. It's just for looking at statistics of who lives in your area. And depending on who lives there, they can either give more money or give more representatives to your area. So it's very important to be counted for the census. And it could lead to things like if there's a large Latino population, Latinx population, you could get more ESL. Like you can get English, Spanish language classes. Like you can get more community centers. Like there's a lot that can happen if you only fill out your census. More senior care services? Yes. Daycare services? Yes. I mean, not in COVID. I get it. But... When this year's over, next year. Yes, because it lasts 10 years, right? This is like a 10-year sort of clocking. Yeah. And so we have no way of knowing. I mean, we can pretty much guess that the census has never been 100% accurate. And I mean, even if you look at it now, it says there are more white people living in America than any other race. And it's like... Maybe that was true at one point. Is that true now? Well, I remember that was a big Mm -hmm. thing, right? With like when 23andMe and stuff like that was becoming really popular. A lot more people are identifying as mixed Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, I've thought my whole life I was black. I've thought my whole life that I was Asian. But actually, I find out that like I'm Chinese, you know, South Asian or I'm like, you know, I'm uh, Afro-Latina. Yep. And that identity is really important. Yeah. And it can give you more community products. It is just... For your community, so the census is very important. 
please fill it out if you have not yet because then someone's going to come to your door and it's going to be a stranger and it's going to be awkward and it's going to be like 10 minutes of your time and it could be me. But I guarantee if it's not Alicia, they won't be as charming, attractive. I'm very attractive. Maybe not attractive. I'm sure they're all charming. Magnetic. Magnetic. Because Alicia is also, she has a superpower where she's very magnetic. She's, Mm -hmm. everything in here is plastic because... She really fucks it up It would computers. really, yeah. <laughs> they would all stick to me. Um, like a refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. Second question. <laughs> Alicia Herter. I'm like a refrigerator. <laughs> it's like on your IMDb, like quotes page. Amazing. Continue. Just full of pickles. Full of pickles. Pickles and old milk. Yep. Aww. Compartmentalizing. Love it. Second question, you guys. Are you registered to vote? Is your grandma registered to vote? Is your nephew registered to vote who just turned 18 this past month? Is your husband registered to vote? He might not be. I mean, they're wild. Those husbands? You can't keep track of them. No. They're here and then they're gone and then they come back and you're like, it's like a fucking cat, you know, like a stray cat. (laughs) It's like, where are you going? You work from home. (laughs) I'm not going to work. Come back. Make sure you register to vote because we will be obnoxious about it. We're going to hurt you and your family emotionally through earbuds with how much we are concerned with your registration status. Until I know for certain all the baby witches are registered to vote, then I'm not going to stop talking about it. And I'll never know for certain. (laughs) So guess what every other week is going to be like? (laughs) It's going to be awful. What's up in Terra Land? What's happening? Everything's good. Journaling. So that's fun. Um, I hopefully have some really good news coming up in a few weeks. Um, Exciting fun news. Oh, but I did want to talk to you about... So actually... My boyfriend, Michael, sent me this text this morning. A good morning, love of my life. Oh, well, he said he says always, I love you and I'm in love with you and I miss you and I'm in miss with you because I stay at my place during the week. Yeah. And so. you are my son and I would die without you. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. But he's like, but also I need you behind the clouds because I'm, you know, very pale. So he would you would hurt out. me. You've got a lot of UV light coming off of I you. I do. Mm-hmm. Out of my eyes and out of my very naked, nude body. <laughs> so he was like... <laughs> He's like, baby, I found the most batshit crazy new age subreddit and you are going to love it. And Ooh. I said, okay, I'm here. So I click on the link. It is R sun gazing. Okay. So the description <laughs> on the side of the Reddit page is where we are going, we don't need to see. Because we've stared at the sun and can't see anymore. There are 671 members of this subreddit and these fools. These fools. <laughs> They stare at the sun. Really? For spiritual strength and guidance. (gasps) That's so not good. For like minutes, multiple minutes. So most threads are titled, I was staring at the sun and now I have a purple dot in my vision that won't go away. Yeah. A YouTuber told me I have to be black to sun gaze, but I'm a white male. Can I still open my pineal gland for spiritual messages? Can you sun gaze with glasses on? My eye color has changed from the sun gazing. <laughs> I can see the microchip in my brain when I sun gaze. That's crazy. You Okay. I can't confirm or deny the microchip situation. Okay. Because I don't know what has happened to you in your life. I don't know what happens. Like, you know, you come out of the vagina, you hang out with your mom, the nurses take you to the back room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then bring you back. To tag your ear. That's, yeah. I, I don't. To just go. <laughs> Right into your brain. Like they're piercing your ears. Right up your nose or something. They have a, yeah, like one of those little guns. Yeah. So my favorite comment that Mm -hmm. I found during this, and I quote, damn, if you start feeling uncomfort and loss of vision, stop. Because the sun can blind you if you don't sun gaze with good intention. Oh, that makes sense. Your vibration must be high and you in tune with nature. That's when you will receive you won't feel pain because your eyes don't have pain receptors. So if I go in just with a good intention, all my intentions have been fucking lousy to this point. Up until this point when you've been trying to stare at the sun during eclipses, during the sunset, it is because you're a bad, bad person on the inside. Yeah. That's why. I just need a better intention. No, let's think of one now. World peace. Nope, not good enough. What? Mm-mm. Sun peace? Sun peace, no. Mm. Or is the ultimate good? What is the... I thought world peace would be the ultimate good. No, because that's only probably for humans, right? Clean water. Everything likes water. What about water. the bacterias that want to be in that water? Bacterias love water. 
but they can't be in it if it's clean. Anyway, I just want to say, baby witches, please do not do this. What, stare at the sun? Please do not stare at the sun. You can get permanent retina damage in just over a minute of staring at the sun. <laughs> I looked it up. I looked up, Kent, if you do it at sunset and at sunrise, if you do it during an eclipse, all of these situations are very bad. Do not stare at the sun. It does not have what you need. No. Man, that's crazy. It's like... Reddit's kind of wild, though, you know? Oh, Reddit is fucking nuts. There's also another one that's plant progress that I'm really about, and it shows before and after pictures of plants, like, when they're not doing so good, and and then, like, three months later when they're doing great. It's their weight loss pictures. It's basically, yeah, before (laughs) and after, like, Adkins diet or whatever. Weight Watchers. Biggest loser before and after. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) But with plants. And love. And love. So... That's all that's going on with me. Oh, and then I did watch Love on the Spectrum. I also cried. Good. Happy cry. Good cry, right? Oh, so good. Yeah, so good. So Very good. cathartic. And then I watched, I'm not done with, but I am watching Indian Matchmaker. Okay. And I did kind of get like the whole like women have to compromise situation that people were talking about. But I felt like a lot of the women that were on the show were like, I'm not going to be doing that <laughs> <laughs> at all. Yeah. Like Arpana, that's my girl. She was like, I don't know where my perfect man is, but he ain't here. Yeah. And that's fine. I would like it if you listened to me. Yeah. And what I want. I was like, yes. Good girl. Good girl. Fuck yeah. We travel around the globe. Fuck yeah. Aparna vibes only. Aparna vibes only. Next summer. Not this summer. Not this summer. Not this summer. Next summer is the summer of Aparna. But before we get there, we have to talk about something else. Today we're talking about witchcraft and music. Music like this. All right, guys, what does music and witchcraft have to do with each other? Everything. Done. Podcast over. Boom. Cut. All of it. Connected. The (laughs) strings of her, her crime scene strings. Connected. Let me paint the picture. You're walking in the woods. Beautiful woods. You haven't seen a person in hours. Absolute bliss. <laughs> I'm scared. No, don't be scared yet. Okay, bliss, bliss. Out of nowhere, you hear this beautiful music surrounding you in the forest. Is it the wind? Is it Grandmother Willow? Is it Baba Yaga lulling you to her chicken-footed cottage? No. It doesn't really matter because that music fills you up with such peace and joy and you are able to truly be present in this moment because living in the now is the only moment that matters. Also, just music itself is often called enchanting or even bewitching because music has this really profound hold on all of us. Duh. I hope you guys listen to music, right? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) It can peak our moods or even send us into a melancholic spiral just by changing a song. That already happened to me today. The power of music is truly incredible and beyond storytelling and early drawings on caves, music was one of the first arts that we as humans have used to connect with each other. Lovely. It is so beautiful. So we're gonna sit down for Professor Alicia's music history class. Little little music, bite-sized music history class. Archaeologists believe that music played a part in humans' lives even in the Paleolithic period when humans were first known to exist. And that's the one. I don't know if there are dinosaurs in that one, but it's like cavemen. It's it's a long, long time ago. Mammoths for sure. Mammoths for sure. A hundred percent. They were playing around yeah. in the space. And probably some very scary sea creatures because sea creatures are still very They're scary. Very, the ocean is oh, a dangerous terrifying. place. Fucking scary. Flutes created from bones have been found in old Paleolithic archaeological sites. And the DVA babe flute carved from a bear femur is thought to be around 40,000 years old. It was discovered in Slovenia in 1995, and from the whole spacing and alignment on the bone, scientists believe that the Neanderthals were the ones to create this flute. It has this super eerie high-pitched sound. It sounds very similar to an ocarina, but with a very unsettling and sharp high pitch. Can we listen to it? Yeah. Oh, no. It's, like, too high. That's some elf shit. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, to be fair, if I were walking in a forest and I heard that noise, like, I would be terrified. I'd be like, I'm going to be taken. <laughs> I'd be, I'm going into the fairy world and they're going to kill me and eat it's me. It's some alien shit, you know. Oh, yeah, also. Oh, gosh. In an Indus Valley archaeological site, a seven-hold flute and several string instruments, including a Ravana Hatha, 
it's a very hard word to say, Ravanahatha were found. According to the ancient Sanskrit epic called the Ramayana, the Ravanahatha was believed to have originated from the Hela people of Lanka, and it was named after the demon king Ravana. According to legends, Ravana would use the Ravanahatha in his devotions to the Hindu god Shiva. The Ramayana was believed to have been composed sometime in the 5th century BCE. BCE! Before that Jesus fellow! Before he came to town! BCE! The earliest and largest collection of prehistoric musical instruments was found in China and dates back to between 7,000 and 6,600 BCE. The instruments include bone flutes, clay music instruments called shun, and even bronze bells called bianzhong, which I took Chinese. I should know better. Bianzhong? Bianzhong. Something like that. Something like that. They didn't have the accent, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, they don't, they're like, I only know how to read high opinion. Exactly. Which all of those are from the 5th century. And last, for our historical explorations in music, in northern Syria, the Hurrian hymn to Nikal was found on clay tablets that are around 1400 BC, and these are the oldest surviving notated work of music. That's crazy. So crazy. Oh my gosh. I guess people back then were bored too. Everyone was bored. We're always bored. We need to have a party. Yeah. And this party sucks with you guys just running around farting and yelling at women. (laughs) Please stop murdering my friend. Let's just play some music. So what does all of this have to do with witchcraft? Early music was often used with spiritualism and obviously worshiping the gods. The ancient Egypts credited the god Thoth with the invention of music. Music would be used in all types of celebrations in the ancient world, from singing to the gods, playing lyres and lutes for the king, who was, of course, the closest to God himself at the time. And music was used in sacrifices and worship in ancient Greece and Rome as well. Music has even been a part of the Judeo-Christian cultures for centuries. You know, you got all those chanty music. What are those called? The um, The... Gregorian chants. Oh, God. Uh... That's not what it was. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they are, right? Close, close, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Religion and music historian Herbert Lockyer Jr., writes that music, both vocal and instrumental, was well cultivated among the Hebrews, the New Testament Christians, and the Christian church through the centuries. He adds that a look at the Old Testament reveals how God's ancient people were devoted to the study and practice of music, which holds a unique place in the historical and prophetic books, as well as the Psalter. And the Psalter, for anyone who didn't know, because I didn't, is the book of Psalms, because I was just thinking salt, dude. I was like, what the fuck are they doing with all the salt? And the pepper. The salt of the earth. (laughs) So the book of Psalms, which was the third section in the Hebrew Bible called the Tanakh and in the Christian Old Testament. And if this is wrong, I ripped it from Wikipedia. So just tell us because they're wrong. Yeah. Let's go fuck them up. (laughs) They're always asking for money. Oh, yeah. I want to at least be accurate. (laughs) I want to know. So it's like Christians have all these songs, right? They mm-hmm. have all these songs and they sing them and it's very like, we're singing together and it makes us Joy build... Conf- to the world. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like these other songs that my boyfriend Michael went to Catholic school. His family's super Catholic. Went to an all-boys Catholic school. Oof. Owned by Opus Dei, who are the bad people in the Da Vinci. Excellent. Code. And he'll like sometimes just like burst into song and he'll be like, you can't get to heaven on roller skates. And I'm like, who the fuck told you that? <laughs> who told you this? And it's like. But also, why not? You know, yeah. I think it's because you have to get in and on God's grace. On roller skates. Yeah. I'm like, I think that these things are not yeah. connected. Crazy. But anyway, continue. Sorry. I think that's just trying to make Christianity accessible to the youth. They're like, because we don't know how to connect to the youth ever. Young boys like. <laughs> they like drive-in movies mm-hmm. and drive-in restaurants. What do they have there? Hamburgers and girls on roller skates. Well, we can't do the girls on roller skates. But Jesus let's... is a hamburger. <laughs> it's like Veggie Tales. Oh, <laughs> so good. And then, of course, later we have voodoo and music. Which the traveling witch says music is essential to voodoo ceremonies. Possession or being overtaken with a divine spirit, a la Aloha, is facilitated in music. During slavery, white people feared the power of African religions, both in and of themselves and their potential to unite, and sought to suppress voodoo ceremonies, even creating a law which made the use of drums and other instruments by slaves illegal in 1740. Holy shit. 
Give them something to do. Jesus Christ. African practitioners of voodoo who melded their religion with Christian denominations in America brought their beliefs about the importance of music and worship to the church. Voodoo's musical style, rhythms, and beats survived and thrived in black congregations and have become hugely influential in American music through gospel, rock, and soul. And my closing notes on this part. Creating and listening to music isn't just something people do for fun, it's beneficial to us in many ways. Studies have shown music soothes our nerves and reduces tension. That's why there's music therapy. Singing as a group builds bonds between people. Music is interwoven in human biology. Absolutely. I mean, it's like if it's one of our oldest ways of, you know, connecting, connecting and storytelling. Yes. Then it makes sense that like that connection would be so instrumental to like our emotional well-being and our social well-being. Yeah. And isn't it crazy that you can be having a bad day and listen to like one song that you love and like turns it around a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not easy. And there's like something really special about like I don't sing around a lot of people. I love singing. Just on the podcast. Just on the podcast. <laughs> no, that's joke singing. But like actually singing. Yeah. It's like I do it with you. It's because she fucking slays at karaoke and it becomes embarrassing to me. <laughs> It's the most frustrating experience I think I've ever lived through. Okay, so the reason that I'm great at karaoke, give a little bit of this. Yeah, there's like a little shimmy. That's a shimmy she's definitely doing. It's kind of sexual. It's very Elvis, actually. I don't even know how she holds the mic at this point. (laughs) It's like, well, it's freehand. Oh, okay, okay. But that's really how you win at karaoke. And now we know. Now you know my secret. Next year. The year of a partner. The year of karaoke. Parna would never do karaoke. (laughs) She'd be like, I'm skydiving right now. I don't have time for this. Exactly. That's fair. So, Tara, tell us about witchcraft and music nowadays. (laughs) Bring us to the present. And the to now times. And the to now times. So I read this pretty, what I thought was going to just like fucking save this podcast (laughs) dissertation that was coming out of, where was it coming out of? Bristol. University of Bristol. I was like... The title of this is Music in Pagan and Witchcraft Ritual and Culture. So was this from like JSTOR? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll spend $8 and I'll read this thing that's going to make me the hero. And it made you the villain. <laughs> this 128 page piece of bullshit. Oh no. It was basically like, yeah, it exists. <laughs> Which part? Music or paganism? They're like, they, they hang out together sometimes. <laughs> it was... Oh, so bad. So most of the subjects that were interviewed for the study said that they used music to set a tone, okay, and control the atmosphere of a ritual space, which, like, makes sense and seems just, like, really fucking basic. Like, yeah, okay, cool, thanks. This PhD student was like, ha, 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 got her. I was, <laughs> this was, I've been targeted, is what's happened. And it, it was just really frustrating because they were like, what kind of music? And in the literal dissertation they were like well it's pretty across the board it really doesn't matter as long as it connects with you and I was like where's the data where's the statistics (laughs) show me a number anything give me some names (laughs) and it's just yeah really irritated me so I had initially imagined that the music that you picked was a little bit like your altar cloth it's like you have to like it but it can't be too tacky but it can't be too tacky but you can also put a lot more in that so it's like you can have this music that's like this is for fun or you can have this music because it has a very specific purpose. So if you've ever been to a club or a concert. I love those things. Those things from the before time and not the to <laughs> From now back time. then. <laughs> the long, long ago. If you've ever been to like a club or concert, you might know the feeling of being too close to the bass. If you're right next to the stage or close to the speaker, you can feel the vibrations of the bass in your chest or bones. And I really find this lovely, some, but some people really hate it. Mm-hmm. So there's like this bodily effect of rhythm and vibration, a beat that is like your heart versus something that's really intense, like club music, will like zap your body into meeting it. Because it's like you're in this this sound space that has suddenly become very physical. The idea is that when two vibrations meet each other, the vibration of sound and the vibration of your own energy, they affect one another. So Mira Ragu published this study that was a study to explore the effects of sound vibrations and consciousness. Okay, this sounds interesting. It was initially a study that sought to understand how sound vibrations affect and mimic chakra energy. Mm. And as water beings made entirely of vibrating atoms and quarks, certain tones can reverberate through our particles in a way that can align our being. Like if you're thinking about mantras, like Mm -hmm. Lam, Ram, 
like those vibrations that your body is making yeah can in some way like affect all of the business that's going on in your being mm. does that make sense mm-hmm. so rhythmic sounds excite the body so if your intention is to create a lot of energy that might be the direction that you want to go in but if you want to relax and cleanse the body slower even like whirring noises that like don't really have like a sense of a beat can help create a white noise or blanketed backdrop to help you focus or like even just like totally disassociate from your body so you can live in the dream world i don't know Ooh. wherever it is you're fucking going i love it dream world the fridge world the starbucks the starbucks in world. the astral projection world yeah yeah something that's really popular right now for meditation is binaural beats binaural beats are an auditory illusion created by listening to two tones in either ear at slightly different frequencies Mm. so it's like what's happening is that you're listening to two tones that are just like slightly slightly (laughs) a fly flew on my finger like I was like the fly version of Snow White so it's like so you have these two tones and it's like they're close but they're like not quite the same and your brain is doing this thing that's like this should be the same so then it makes happening it's like what who brought me here yeah and so it makes a third tone that's like the medium between the two that's not existing anywhere in the recording. So it's like your brain is making up sound. Ooh, that's kind of crazy. There's a lot of claims about how binaural beats like can affect you. Like they say it can reduce anxiety, trigger deep meditation, or even astral projection. There is a researcher, Orozco Perez, um, who played binaural beats from what the internet keeps telling me are, quote, healthy adults. Just says, Perez played binaural beats for healthy adults. That's like healthy dog food. That's, That's yeah. what it reminds me of. All natural. All natural adults. And sort of observed their brain activity. And what they observed was, again, like the brain through these scans, observing the brain synchronize these two beats. But that seemed to be the only physical thing that's happening to your body. There's not a lot of stuff that says, oh, like it's going to chill you out when you're having a panic attack on the freeway because somebody merged in front of you and now you're trapped in like this gridlock and you have to be home because... Your wife is making the good meatloaf and um, you're just really trying to patch things up with her. And you have to pee. And also you have to pee. That's the worst, honestly. And you're on the BQE. You can't even jump off. No. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere. <laughs> but it does seem that's like if your brain is working to make this third sound, like it could be doing other things. And it, and it also was talking about how this sound is created by parts of the brain that seem really dis- like disconnected from each other and are really far apart from each other on the brain. Ooh. So it's not just like one part of your brain's like, I fix this. I'll put this back I, together. I got this, guys. I got this. Don't worry. It's like your I'm whole- I'm going to save the whole team. <laughs> we'll get an A on this paper. It's fine. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do, do it. it. I'm, it's I'm, okay. The group project, I'll do all of it. I'll do all of it. Like, please don't help. <laughs> Anyways, the brain that wants to help. The brain that wants to help <laughs> is like using- like different parts working in collaboration to make this sound. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Okay, so now we're to the fun part where we're gonna basically make a playlist for you. I love playlists. Also, Tara makes such good playlists. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So we're just gonna go through some witchy artists and we're gonna tell you what to listen to and sort of their history with witchcraft and the occult. And it'll be fun. I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. First on the docket, Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks. She is a Gemini. Look at this picture. Of she is smiling. Of course she is. Of course she is. <laughs> so in December of 2016, Azalea Banks released a Twitter video of her cleaning up her closet. Okay. This is where we begin. Okay. I'm so excited. She says in the video, the amount of crap that's about to come off my floor right now, guys. Oh my God. You know, I got to scrape all this shit up. I've got my sandblaster and my goggles, and it's about to go down. I love this. The origin story. What's going to happen? What could she possibly be cleaning? So she claims in the video that the black substance and feathers that are all over her closet are the remnants of at least three years of brujeria, and the internet freaked the fuck out. Like, what are you doing with these chickens? They were like, why in your closet? Why in your closet? Well, okay, it could be like a Kim Kardashian closet where it's like a room. Oh, it could be, yeah. Okay, okay. It's like this whole room. It's not... Oh, I don't, I don't fucking have a closet. Welcome to New York. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Banks says that she gets her interest in craft from her mother who practiced white table magic, which I couldn't find exactly what that was because when I searched it, all of my sources were like this one time Azalea Banks said white table magic. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure this is real. 
but it's on probably the fourth page of Google. Yep, we don't go there. But on her Instagram and a lot of her social media, she mentions honoring spirits and cleansing. So the really fun thing about Azalea Banks is that she loves to hex people. She's extremely vocal when <laughs> she's really mad at you. It's a really fun thing. It's what I really, it's like, I think it's not entertaining, but satisfying when a woman scorned is like, I'm not fucking taking this shit anymore. I do like that. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Hell hath no fury. So here's a list of people that Azalea Banks has hexed. Give it to us. We want this. Number one, Russell Crowe. Fuck yeah, fuck him. He allegedly assaulted her in Fair. early 2016. Yeah, fuck this guy. And that's what I'm thinking that the chickens were for because that coincided with the timeline. Mm, okay. She has hexed the CEO of Twitter. Yeah, get him. He allegedly promised to promote her music after she promoted his Square app, and then he fucking didn't. Everyone get off Square right now. Wait, Wait we have to use Square for things. I need Square for things. Dang it. Yeah, fuck millionaires and billionaires. I'm down with this. Keep going. She also said that Jack Dorsey, who's the CEO of Twitter, sent her some of his hair to put in an amulet to protect him from evildoers. When asked to elaborate, the evildoers were ISIS. Oh, sure, I guess. Then she threatened to use his hair that was for the ISIS amulet to really fuck up his life. Yeah, why would you give it to the artist that you're not actually planning to help instead of like hiring a psychic or something yeah, to absolutely. actually do this? You don't fuck with people Are you going you're into to work the with. deep Louisiana trying to find someone in the bayou, you know? What? Don't give your hair to your enemies, number one, baby witches. <laughs> First rule. First rule. Do not give your hair to your enemies. Like we always say. Do not give your hair to your enemies. Be giving your hair to anybody. They don't want it. Okay. <laughs> Next up, Nick Cannon, who I only saw this. Okay. So I only saw this one place. Okay. And it was from an Instagram story that she posted that was all black. Okay. So she's like blacked it out and she's talking in the background. And uh -huh. she's like, like, fuck you, fuck you. And like, yeah, she kept saying soak in that vinegar, bitch. Like a fucking pickle. Yeah. She she's pickled pickle him. him. The big one that we've talked about before is Lana Del Rey. Wasn't, was this our very first Witches in the News? That, oh, maybe. It might have been. It was back in my old bedroom. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this in 2018 that Lana Del Rey tweeted that Kanye endorsing Donald Trump was a loss for our culture. And Azalea Banks fired back, basically being like, shut the fuck up, you're a white woman and have no business telling a black man from Chicago what to believe in, which we were kind of like, fair, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you guys, that's true. And so that seemed to be the beginning of the feud, but I have an inkling that maybe the feud started much earlier in the depths of their hearts. It might have. In a way that you can't find on Twitter. But at one point, Azalea Banks tweeted, when her house mysteriously goes up in flames while she's asleep inside, <laughs> like fucking basically like, don't come talking to me. And I want to see as many Azalea voodoo hashtags as possible. That's a threat. <laughs> that is a threat. That is a threat. And I do not condone that. But also. But also. Crew. Ooh, okay. If your house goes up. It's the Azalea voodoo and nothing else. The last one, that a substantial one that I found was Wendy Williams. And it was Azalea Banks wishing that she would have a heart attack. But why? Why for I this? Couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. She probably said, Wendy Williams probably said something that Azalea didn't like. Yeah, but everyone loves Wendy Williams. I don't know much about her. Okay. Protect Wendy Williams. Protect Unless Wendy she's done something we don't like. And then. Then slaughter her. I can change my alliances in a second. You don't know me. I'm a progressive. I'm a young progressive. The second that there's a hashtag, I'm here to fight. I'm here to fight. I've got my poster board. Hey there, it's me, Marcel, Witch Yes producer, here again. Please note, upon later introspection and Googling, we at Witch Yes do not love, support, condone Wendy Williams or anyone with the similarly fucked up controversial section on Wikipedia. Like Alicia says, slaughter her. And now back to your regularly scheduled brujeria talk. So, songs to listen to from Azalea Banks. I really enjoy the song 1991. And the song, The Big Big Beat. Nice. It's a lot of like dance, like feminine power, like bitch, don't fuck with me music. I love that. And she, as far as I can tell from the music videos, there's a lot of squatting that's happening. Oh, good. So she has powerful thighs. Excellent. And a powerful voodoo heart. 
I love that. Ready to destroy her enemies, which is really what we all want in life. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do a throwback for our next one. And this is Senor Elvis Presley. Senor Elvis. Yes, meaning the Elvis. His former wife, Priscilla Presley, said he became fascinated with the occult in search of a higher state of consciousness when his record sales were declining with the success of the Beatles. Oh, bummer. I mean, me too, man. They're like, you have one pretty guy. We have four really ugly guys. (laughs) Who's going to win in a fight? (laughs) But they're so upbeat. Towards the end of his life, Elvis became very interested in the spiritualist movement as well. But not too much is actually known about Elvis and his occult learnings. But people did try to steal his body after he died. And that's pretty magic as fuck. Yeah. That's spooky as shit. I'm not about this. No. So Elvis and his dead mother's bodies were reburied at Graceland's Meditation Garden shortly a few months after his own burial. But of course, to keep on the theme, listen to one of Elvis's lesser known tracks called Witchcraft. Mm -hmm. It's about how this woman spins his mind into a circular witchcraft. Oh, it's amazing. A circular witchcraft, as opposed to the rhombus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The squares. It's so hot outside, guys. Give me a break. (laughs) I'm doing my best here. And we love you for it. Thank you. And we're in the fat sorrow of summer. Yes, we are. But you know who's not in the fat summer of sorrow? Who? Angelica Garcia, because she looks like she's living her best life. Hell yeah. With her blue eyeshadow. Amazing. I could not find her birthday. I'm sorry. Neither could I. She must be a Virgo. Someone very Keeps private. Keeps hidden, yeah. Or something else to be ashamed of, like a... No, that's it. Okay. <laughs> so she calls herself a Salva Mex-American because she has Salvadorian... Salvadorian? Salvadorian. Salvadorian Mexican-American heritage. And she was growing up outside of LA where that was the dominant culture of her neighborhood. But when Garcia was moved to Virginia at the age of 17, suddenly she was made to feel like a total outsider by her peers. Yeah, that's a massive difference. Absolutely. LA to fucking Virginia. That's a big leap. So she blends pop punk, R&B, and traditional Mexican music to create these songs that are just like so fucking pump, like high energy, like beautiful, sparkling amazingness. Angelica is pretty generous with sharing her Brujeria on Instagram. In a March 6th video, she talked about her bag of conchitas, which are like sacred things, gifts, and memories. She keeps tiger's eye on her, so she always feels brave. Oh, I so love that. So cute. She talks about being open to guidance of spirits and is very outspoken about the horrors of ice and how children are treated at the U.S.-Mexico border. Hell yeah. I mean, her album, her 2020 album, Cha Cha Palace, is so good. Y'all should really listen to the song Lucifer Waiting on that album. Amazing. So good. And when you're done listening, who are we going to listen to? How do I say this again? A baby. A baby. It's mm-hmm. like a baby. A baby. Yeah. Not with the Australian accent you're about to do, though. A baby. Dingo in my baby. And then, and then the horrors because a dingo did eat that baby. <laughs> a dingo did. They did. They, fa- they figured it out. And they, that poor woman. <laughs> I'm just talking about the fake band from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? I don't there's know what you're talking thing. about. There's a real thing. A dingo ate my babe. Anyway. <laughs> there's a real woman. This poor woman. And she was, people said that they, she just didn't want her kid anymore. So she gave it to she, a dingo to She eat. killed it and hid it. And then like the police like just like shredded her in the press. And then it was like revealed that like baby bones were found in a dingo nest cave. Couldn't they have like eaten the baby after the fact? Are you an investigative journalist? Because these are the questions everyone should be asking. I think I am. I think I, I think am. I am. You're going to listen to Abey. Abey is an Afro-French Cuban duo consisting of the twin sisters Lisa Cayende and Naomi Diaz. They sing in English, French, Spanish, and Yoruba. Oh my God. I can't even speak Spanish. I <laughs> That's so many languages. I know, I know. In an interview with NPR, Lisa Cayende spoke about as kids, their mother took them, the twins, to a Yoruban choir, and it was like something erupted inside of them. And every night, she said, we get to sing those chants. Every night, we get to hear the thousands of people that sang those chants before us, and it's really special. That sounds powerful. I'm getting goosebumps. Naomi considers herself the daughter of the Orisha Shango, the spirit of thunder. Lisa is the daughter of the Orisha Yamea, the spirit of the sea. The Orisha are the focus of some of their songs. Elegua, 
the trickster who opens doors in the faith. Oya, a female warrior who owns the cemetery gates and rules over the dead and the winds. And Oshun, the keeper of rivers, who's in charge of love and also represents womanhood. The twins speak about how their Yoruba beliefs keep them connected to the departed, specifically their father, and wanting to keep him with them always. Aww, I love that. I would recommend listening to Abayi's track, River. And better yet, watch the music video on YouTube. It's so simple, but utterly gorgeous. They're basically just in water, and then one will pop up out of the water to sing their part, and then they'll go back in. And then the other one pops up, and it looks like one shot, no cuts. Crazy. And someone has to hold their breath for a very, very long time. (laughs) It's wild. So those are some artists for you guys to look at. And if you didn't want to, by hand, look these up, Our Patreon witches are going to get a cute little playlist with some of these and more coming up in the next couple weeks. So we hope you guys like it. Love, love, love that. Also, some of our artists we had to cut for the sake of time, and those will also eventually be up on the Patreon as well. It's so perfect. Only you can do it. You do it so well. Thank you. Yeah. I trained. I went to Juilliard. And I have my pipes. I took um, high school theater and I feel very connected to my body. I was in drama three. And let me tell you, I can red leather, yellow leather with the best of them. I cannot. A hundred percent. I trip over my words way too, too much. Welcome to Witches in the News. This week, we have two stories we're going to talk about because one is long. Okay. And that's going to be fine because this is my segment. Yeah, Alicia gets to do what she wants here. (laughs) It's her space. We all have to sit in the chairs that she makes for us. First up in the newscast, satanic abortions. All right. Okay. Those are loaded words. Not very comfortable. Coming in swinging already. On Wednesday, August 5th of the year 2020, so just a few weeks ago, the Satanic Temple, you know the ones who keep putting up statues of Baphomet everywhere to advocate the separation of church and state, those guys... They have announced that satanic abortions are protected by religious liberty laws. Okay. Okay. They have been working hard with their lawyers and have announced on their website that in accordance with the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, the RFRA, first trimester abortions are now exempt from unnecessary regulations for all individuals practicing the satanic temple's religious abortion ritual. What's the ritual? Oh, girl, we gonna get into that. We gonna get into that, but first... What protections does the satanic abortion ritual provide? Religious freedom ensures Satanists have access to safe abortions that are free from unwarranted state interference. Your state does not allow abortions. Technically, under this rule, if you need to get an abortion, this is the loophole to try to get your abortion. Holy shit, that's amazing. Instead of driving to fucking Illinois. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're talking about some very specific states here. We're in the Indiana geography right now. Okay. Some requirements that cannot be forced on Satanists are mandatory waiting periods where it's like, oh, well, we can't give you your abortion today. Maybe in like a week where you can sit with it. Stuff like that. The requirement that practitioners withhold certain medical information, compulsory counseling prior to abortion that hold like, oh, you know, like someone pressuring you that you're going to kill a child or something. Have you thought about this enough? Exactly. Required reading material. Same thing with that. Medically unnecessary sonograms, which that's a huge deal. Yeah. Mandatory listening to the fetal heartbeat, compulsory burial or cremation of fetal remains, which I didn't even know that was a thing. And that seems so fucked up to me. That seems very like Alabama, Arkansas. That's crazy. Yeah. So how do I perform a satanic abortion? We've got two different types of abortion procedures for those who might just not know, honestly. For surgical abortions, prior to receiving any anesthetic or sedation, look at your reflection to be reminded of your personhood and your responsibility to yourself. Focus on your intent. Take deep breaths and make yourself comfortable. When you are ready, say the third tenet and fifth tenet aloud. The third tenet is... One's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. The fifth tenet is beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. You may now undergo the surgery. After the surgery is completed and any anesthetic has worn off, return to your reflection and recite your personal affirmation. And that affirmation is, by my body, my blood, by my will, it is done. Feel the doubts dissipating and your confidence growing as you have just undertaken a decision that affirms your autonomy and free will. 
the religious abortion ritual is now complete. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, cool. So for medical abortions, immediately before taking the medication or medications to terminate your pregnancy, look at your reflection to be reminded of your personhood and responsibility to yourself. Focus on your intent, take deep breaths, and make yourself comfortable. When ready, read the third tenet aloud to begin the ritual. After swallowing the medication, take another deep breath and recite the fifth tenet. After you have passed the embryo, return to your reflection and recite the personal affirmation. Once again, feel doubts dissipating and your confidence growing as you have just undertaken a decision that affirms your autonomy and free will. The religious abortion ritual is now complete. So this seems really easy, which makes me worry that (laughs) it's too easy. Can they do that? Yes. So... As a federally recognized religion, this is actually kind of crazy, you guys. The Satanic Temple utilizes RFRA and the Hobby Lobby precedent to protect its members from unnecessary abortion regulations that inhibit their religious practices and force them to violate their deeply held beliefs. So basically, you telling someone who practices Satanism that you can't get an abortion in your state is going against their religious freedom, which is the whole kind of point of abortion is most people are like, no, don't abort that child. That's against my religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of turning itself on its head a bit. The First Amendment's Establishment Clause and Free Exercise Clause in several state religious freedom restoration acts protect religious practices and beliefs from government interference. State laws governing abortions commonly serve no medical purpose and do not result in better health outcomes. Therefore, they unlawfully hinder access to the satanic abortion ritual. And then what are the next steps? We know that the satanic temple loves a good lawsuit. Yes. They love it. They love it. They said that they have no plans or intent to sue a clinic for not respecting our rights unless they defy a court order demanding that they honor our exemption requests. They understand that clinics must adhere to the law and that they are in a difficult situation when laws conflict. Instead, they said they will challenge states that fail to enforce their RFRA laws and thereby exempt TST members from unnecessary abortion restrictions. So TST being the Satanic Temple. Yeah. And you can find more information, including a very interesting video on satanic abortions by clicking the link in our show notes. They made like one of those very old timey looking videos, but it would be like pentagrams in it, (laughs) satanism. It's like really funny. (laughs) So has this had any effect? Has this been brought up yet or is it? Not too, too much yet. So I think right now it's going a little bit under the radar. So we will see what happens in the next few weeks. It's also like a thing with like that the satanic temple likes to do, which is just planting the seed. Mm -hmm. It's like they got little crops everywhere that they're watering and growing. And eventually the plant from Little Shop of Horrors is going to come up and say, you have to feed me Seymour. Yeah. Fucking give me an abortion Seymour. (laughs) I don't want this baby and I don't have to tell you why I don't want it. Next. Next. I love it, though. I just love we're just slowly stirring the pot. Why not? An election year? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Well, we don't want to get crusty on the edges. Exactly. And for a little treat for you guys, Hershey's has announced some new Halloween treats. Some new ones. Some new ones. Talking about fucking stirring the pot. Okay. I know. Well, kind of new. So it's August, so it's not Halloween time yet. And I personally think... Says you. Says you. Says Says me. But I think it starts when the pumpkin spice lattes come in and they're not here yet. They're not here yet. When are they coming? Usually it's late August, right? Usually it's late August. So soon, but not yet. So either September 1st or pumpkin spice latte season. We'll see what happens first. Pumpkin spice latte watch 2020. (laughs) Could come back sooner than you think. I can't wait. Their iced ones, so good. On August 2nd, a California Starbucks location posted a picture on Instagram of its recently received pumpkin spice (gasps) supplies. Uh Uh-oh. The latte should be back Friday, August 28th. Uh, That's too far from now. It is, yeah. We should just give up. (sighs) Fine. But in the meantime, we'll have these treats. Hershey's has already released some new additions of candy that will be coming out for this Halloween season. This year, Hershey's will be releasing twists on four classic candies are you fucking yawning you hate this segment so much no i'm sorry <laughs> i just this lime marita is all it's just getting a little tired a little tired we've got reese's franken cups the reese's franken cups feature the iconic milk chocolate and peanut butter center that you love but they are now paired with a franken green cream and i don't know i don't get the green cream i don't <laughs> it didn't go into detail it just was like green at the bottom so i don't know what that's supposed to it's spooky. It's As slime. the Hershey's unofficial spokesperson, amateur, 
amateur spokesperson off the clock i just don't get it but cool but cool you know cool whatever it's kooky it's it's yeah you wouldn't expect it yeah franken franken green yeah next we have the kit kat witch's brew these are kit kats with a marshmallow flavor and a tasty green cream for an eerily fantastic flavor which I don't really like marshmallows outside of marshmallows. So like, like I don't like marshmallow cream. You don't do marshmallows because gelatin rhymes with skeleton. I know that. I read PETA. <laughs> but it's like, okay, I did Kit Kats. I'll give that a try. Coming up in third, we have Hershey's Kisses Vampire Chocolates. So these are the normal Hershey Kisses you love, but with a bright red strawberry flavored cream on the inside, which sounds really gross to me. Yeah, I'm not a fan <laughs> of fruit and chocolate most of the time. I am the worst spokesperson for Hershey's. So- <laughs> Alicia comes in. She has a business suit and a little tiny pin that looks like a Hershey's chocolate bar. And she says, so I've got some diarrhea to give you. Enjoy this trash. Enjoy Enjoy this. And the last addition is the Hershey's Cookies and Cream Fangs. This is that classic cookies and cream bar, but snack size. So it comes in like a little pouch thing. It looks like it'll taste the exact same as the normal cookies and cream, but there's a vampire on the little bag because branding. So you love this one. So this one's great, except I don't really, like I ate these a lot when I was a kid. They were like my favorite candy yeah. and I think I've just outgrown them. Mm-hmm. So I guess like in conclusion, I'm too old. I'm too old. I can't do these things anymore. Do you like candy? Yeah. What kind? I like Reese's. Yeah. Maybe not the Franken cups. The whole one or the minis? You like the whole I like cup? the whole, but, but they have to be shaped like a pumpkin. I think they're always shaped because it's a circle. No, no. They have the pumpkin ones where they look like this weird... Uh, oh, I see, I see, I see. Cylinder thing. I see now. I also like the Easter egg ones, the mm-hmm. the beautiful circle. The prettier That's circle? That's an oval. That's an oval. Ah. An oval is a sexy circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took art class in like fifth grade. So like, please, and bear never with again. me. Bear with me. But like Valentine's Day, are you like a box of chocolates girl? Are you like, don't give me that? I feel like box of chocolates are never good. Think Ghirardelli or... I'm like a Ferrero Rocher. Oh, Ferrero Rochers are classic. But that feels Christmas to me. Yeah, there's... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Some Yule, Yule Yuletide chocolates. I don't like being surprised when I bite into something and I'm like, there's a cherry in here. I don't like candy that takes work. Where you have to like look at a thing and then try to be like, is that where this thing is placed? Does that look like this? Or like the Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans where you're just like, I don't fucking know. They all taste like garbage. Yeah. Why am I eating these? I've never liked jelly beans. Jelly beans are not good. No. They're not a good candy. No. Yeah, there's candy corn. Candy's a bad candy. Candy corn's a bad. (laughs) Candy's just bad candy, yo. That's it. (laughs) That's what we're getting at. Aaron Carter was fucking wrong. He was wrong. He lied to us. Eric Carr does oh shit, but he's going through a hard time right now, so we should be very nice. So we should be very nice. We should be very nice to everyone right now. We're all going through it. So Tara, please tell me a spell how to get through my GD work week. Because you're going through it? My goddess damn work week, yes. My goddess damn? My goddess damn. Oh, I love that. Thank you. So this is a spell that I saw parts of it on Reddit, and then I sort of also Frankenstein. In the sun gazing thread or separate? So they were like, look at the sun. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) So I just saw like little bits and pieces of this like correspondence and I was like, okay, I'm going to try and make this Frankenstein thing. Yeah. So I haven't tried it out yet, but I think it's pretty easy. So it probably can't go wrong. So this is a spell to get you through your goddess damn work week. Yay. What you need, a white tea light candle. So it's like those little ones that come in like the tiny Mm -hmm. metal cups and they're short. Love those. Two pennies. Easy. Dried oregano. Easy. If you can get on some of like that new moon energy, Mm. that's great. I don't know if the moon likes us still. Are you good with calendars? Did you not hex the moon? These are the things you (laughs) should ask yourself before doing this spell. And then also a marker because you're going to be writing on the back of this tea candle. So also you have to get like a marker that can write on metal. Okay. Not like one of those that, what is it that they do? It just sits there until you like accidentally wipe it on your shirt. Yeah, And then exactly. ruin your shirt. And then your mom's mad at you. Mm-hmm. It's all very triggering. <laughs> all right. First, you got to do cleanse and ground. You got to get yourself in, what do we call it? The zone. The zone. On the back of the candle, you're going to write a sigil for joy. The kind of joy that comes from the center of your chest that springs through the corners of your smile. Charge the sigil with your own energy by holding it in your dominant hand and imagine a brilliant white energy, glittered and sparkling, coming together from all points of your body 
and flowing through your heart into your shoulders and down your arm into the sigil. But you don't want to hold it too long because the heat from your body could make the the wax melt. (laughs) So just be careful. Pretend like you're holding a chocolate bar. Go fast. You're going to place the candle sigil side down, wick side up, and you're going to light that fool. Turn it over. This is, sometimes the witches, they don't know. You have to be very clear with them. So tea lights are fun because they're self-contained and easy to transport. And as the wax is melting, you're imagining yourself energized, light, whatever joy means to you. As the wax softens, you're going to take your two pennies and in your dominant hand, begin rubbing them together in a clockwise motion. Again, for manifesting, because we're manifesting here. Making money moves. Your work, your money, the joy of a job well done. You can verbalize through affirmations. I am lighter than the negative energy around me. I am brighter than the darkness. I am the light. And make sure you're rubbing again clockwise because we're manifesting. Place the two pennies in the melted wax, okay? And be really thoughtful. I would sort of search your soul how you are placing them. Are you placing them together? Are you placing them on opposite sides? Are you placing them straight up and down? What does that mean to you in your own personal practice? Do what feels right. Then you're going to take your oregano and sprinkle it into the melting wax. And you don't need to catch it on fire. So don't be like, (laughs) you know, drop it like directly into the flame. You're trying to trap it within the wax because basically what you're making is a talisman. So what you need to do is get this tea light to a state of totally melted but not melted all the way through, okay? And then once you have all of your ingredients in there and you're feeling like you're in a good space, you need to put out the flame. If you have a candle snuffer, which is like, look kind of like a bell, mm-hmm. you're going to put that on top. Because, I love candle snuffers. Oh, they're so cute and I feel so special. Mm-hmm. It's like a wand. Yeah, it is with like a bell that doesn't work. And a less annoying bell, honestly. <laughs> a better bell. A better bell. Because if you blow on it, you could blow the oregano and the, the wax everywhere. So if you're going to not use a candle snuff, you kind of got to give it like a... <laughs> a little... Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I'd stay for a moment, sort of think whoever you need to thank. Universe, gods, the moon. Kevin McLeod. Kevin McLeod, us, well. Mallory Porter. And sort of watch that skin start to form on top of the wax, solidifying your intention and your joy. And then you can bring that little talisman to your job that you just like fucking hate and is driving you insane. And I can't believe you're still working during a pandemic. That's fucked up. <laughs> but you know what? So are we. So are we. And that's all I got, dude. I love it. I'm glad you love it. This is so much fun. So you would like to think, I would also like to be there when you're thanking some people. Who are these people? Let's thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod for the sick beats that we use with or without his permission. We don't really care anymore. Sorry you're not Yoko Ono. I don't know what you want from me. (laughs) One day Kevin McLeod will be Yoko Ono. We just have to wait for him to blossom. (gasps) Yes. If they want to find you, you can find me at Alicia period herder on Instagram. Because that's her name. That's my name. And if I want to find you on Instagram, where do I go? You'll go to your search bar. Mm-hmm. And I assume I'm just at the top of the list. Oh, great. And if I'm not at the top of your list, mm-hmm. um, you can search her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Or you can search underscore little moss. It's on private for a little bit. So if I look through and see that you're also following with chess, I'm like, okay, that's not a stalker. Then you can come into my little castle, which is mostly just pictures of me. Love that. And sometimes bushes. That good content. <laughs> that good. Great content. And then if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram, you can follow us at WitchYes. Very easy. We also have a Facebook group right now. Mm-hmm. Me right now, like I'm going to take it away from them. <laughs> <laughs> this is all out of my control now. <laughs> you can find us at WitchYes, the Facebook coven. Just type it in on Facebook. You have to answer all of our questions. If you don't answer a question, you don't get to play with us. And we are fucking having a ball in there. We are having a ball. We are talking the good stuff in there. I love everyone that's in there. It's been so posy so far. I was waiting for it to get wild and it hasn't yet, but there is still time. (laughs) And then, of course, we have a beautiful Patreon because I know all of you really, really, really want to be patrons for our little podcast so that Tara and I can have time to make the podcast and put food on our table. These are things I can't cook anymore. There's no time. There's no time. And it's too hot to cook. So now we're just getting a lot of takeout. And you know how much more expensive takeout oh, is. So exp- I'm like, what are these delivery fees? I was literally looking at our Instagram. If everyone at Instagram donated $1 to our Venmo, we could cover rent. That's crazy. That's crazy. Or we, Marcel and I could cover rent. 
I couldn't. You'd have $5. I'd have $5. <laughs> and you know, that's really how friendships work these days. <laughs> but if... um, Nothing is ever equal, right? Come join us at the $5 level. We have a good time. You get a bunch of bonus material. You get a mini-sode from Vaults of the Obscure twice a month. So if you're not done hearing us only two times a month, you could hear us four times a month. Good for you. Congrats. I'd also really like to thank what we have renamed Sonar Bear 87, Mm -hmm. but whose name might be Sonar Bear. And when I first looked at it, thought it was Stoner Bear. For their Apple Podcast review, it really means a lot to us. I know it's a pain to like take a minute on the toilet when you're already on your phone. I'm reading a book. You touch paper with your poo-poo hands? No, you read the book first. You put it down. You do the thing. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. (gasps) No, because how would I turn the page? I guess blow at it. Maybe. I'll or try use it. use your magic. I'll try it. But if you're not Alicia and have the book magic, it'd be really helpful if you left an Apple podcast review. It really doesn't matter what you say. Hey, um, I'm on the toilet. I'm on the toilet. You could also say, I'm saving up for that bidet and I'm going to give it to you guys because I know you deserve it. Thank you. So, you know, people can't really find us unless they happen to search witch and then go through 8 million other pages of other witch podcasts that are not as funny as ours. And then they Just have to tell them like it is. And they have to hope that they find witch yes before they find yes witch. <sighs> Our competitor. What? That's all I got to really say about that. (laughs) I love that. And if you don't do the social media, you're probably a freer person than us. But you can always email us at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. And we love you. And we love you. And have a good rest of your August. Yeah. And we'll see you with some spooky content coming up. Oh, so next time we release a full length, it'll be pumpkin spice latte season, bitch. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And this has been... Which, yes.